All right, we are in lesson 20, our final three lessons in the book of Ephesians, going through the book of Ephesians in a month of lunch, as we said. We're in our final three lessons of about 15 minutes or so, going through the book of Ephesians verse by verse. So we left off in chapter 5, verse 20, uh, which says, Always give thanks to God for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we talked about this is one of the things that we know is the will of God, right? is, is uh, giving thanks. This is God's will for us. We also know it says not to worry about anything in the Word of God. It says, but with everything, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So thanksgiving is, is a powerful weapon that keeps us insulated from the world and keeps us focused on Jesus. And then verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this right here is another shifting because a lot of uh, Bibles, it'll have a subdivision on verse 22, and it talks about relations with husbands and wives and things. But really, that starts in verse 21. And it says, submit to one another in reverence for Christ. We're, we're looking at the focus of this actually is going to talk about husbands' relationships, wives' relationships, children's relationships, and even um, workers' relationships or, or ser- masters' servant, master, or employer, employee, they all are supposed to be mirroring and make and pointing to our relationship with God. That really is what all these do, is our earthly relationship should be an example of what, it, what God's like and what it's like to serve God. And they all should point favorably to God. So let's look at this. 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the blueprint for husbands and wives and children and everything come from God. God created us. Then he's the one who created the role of husband and wife. We should look at what the blueprint of the creator intends to understand this. So, uh, and we should be ministering to each other really, because to the word minister is to serve, to, to attend to. And we know that Jesus famously ministered to the disciples by washing their feet. And we are to, as a husband and wife, should be serving each other, not one way and the other only. So it says, submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, it might surprise people to know that the word submit is not in verse 22. It is inferred because verse 21 and 22 are really built together. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. So what it's saying is basically the heart of the wife is built to focus on God first and out of that's going to spontaneously have a proper relationship with her husband. So it's not that the wife is inferior to the husband because it's just simply that that is the position that God put the husband in, and that's the position God put the wife in. They each have different mantles to wear. The husband has a mantle to wear that would exhaust the wife. The wife has a mantle that wears that would exhaust the husband. It's God's design, and so they come together beautifully, but when you try to get them mixed up, they cause all kinds of issues. So um, we get to replicate heaven on earth with marriage if we're doing this right. Um so looking at this, verse 23, we see, For the husband is the head of wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is Savior. Now here's something to understand too. Submission doesn't mean 
inferior. I want to I want to bring this home this point to bear even more. Jesus was on this earth as the Son of God. Sub uh, he was submissive to the Father, but he was not inferior to the Father. If you can understand that, they were both God, but yet they were different in their function. And Jesus yielded and willingly submitted to His Father's will. It's it's a similar situation there. And so, uh, also, it's important to understand that submitting does not mean never disagreeing or becoming a floor mat, a doormat for the husband. And, and husband saying submit, submit. It actually is quite the opposite. The husband as the head of the house is the head servant, if you look at this the right way, in biblical way. Um, but it says, um, in verse 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Now, how many of you guys think that we get the raw end of the deal, or does Christ get the raw end of the deal? If we're being honest, Christ gets the raw end of the deal on this. He got the worst end of things. He's the one who took the brunt of all our sin, and he put that on his shoulders, and he and he just he went to hell and back for us. Husbands, that is what we're called to be there. Um, he's still talking about a relationship with God, but has given special directions for our relationships as well. Um, husbands have that mantle of being the head in the home. That means you're going out there to hell and back to have provision, to provide for your family, to be the, the leader of your home in whatever way God's calling you to be. Um, those things are not things that your wife's meant to carry, that mantle. Uh, but in those such, there are special situations. You might be asking, I'm just going to sidetrack really fast, what if I'm a single mom or something like that? There are times where God gives special graces and abilities to put on mantles that aren't necessarily normally meant for for you. But by and large, God's design, God's blueprint is for husbands and wives to strengthen each other together. So there are times where, you know, um, this is five fingers. This is five fingers. But somehow when they're united, they pack a lot more effectiveness than when they're apart they can easily get injured versus this we want to make sure that we're connected and united together in christ no i'm not talking about fighting with each other but you you get the analogy <clears throat> so jesus is our example he's not domineering but he's sacrificing and he's a provisionary looking out ahead um then it says in verse 24 now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit their husbands in everything. So as Christians, we submit to Jesus because he has our best interests at heart. And we're doing, we're submitting to God and believing that the husband that we have has our best interests at heart. We're submitting to him. And if the things go out, out of bounds, we're saying, well, he's not perfect. He's not Jesus. Well, that's where we need each other's prayer and grace. But also realize that if he's telling you to sin or doing things out of bounds, that's where our first priority is to God. But I'll tell you that, that there are a lot of times, the matter of fact, other places in Scripture talks about the wives can win husbands to following God in a more perfect way, even unbelieving husbands, just by simply the, the content of their character and how they live their everyday life, not even needing to say words. Our job is to strengthen each other by ministering to each other. And so that's, that's what the way to look at this. And I don't, this, the scope of the study doesn't allow me to go too much further but um, it, then it goes on to verse 24. Now as the church submits to Christ, uh, 
wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, verse 25, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself. And that's how we love our wives. And it says to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Lead spiritually, not through condemnation. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn us. Um, and we're not the Holy Spirit to our wife and our children. We lead by example first and foremost. We pray, lead, serve, and we want to, uh, we want to make sure that we're ministering to our family and leading them to Jesus uh, with a servant's heart. Verse 27, and to present her to himself as a radiant church. This is talking about Jesus presenting uh, us as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So spot or wrinkle, you might have heard, glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So spot or stain is the sin and, and blemishes. Uh, wrinkles could be seen as two ways. It could be seen as... Um, the decay of sin in your life, but also it could also mean if you see wrinkle in a, in a garment, you want the garment to be a robe of righteousness, it'd be clear of spots, but also clear of wrinkles is disunity as well. Um, so we are supposed to be holy and set apart from the world and unto the Lord, and as we're worshiping God together in a home, it should be heaven on earth as we get closer and closer to God. Um, verse 28 says, In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Who, he who loves his wife loves himself. So it's God first, wives second. Uh, then it says, verse 29, After all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. Uh, Self-centered husbands, plain and simple, are not biblical husbands. It says right in there in verse 30, it's bringing back that, that concept of unity. We are members of his body. Husbands lead, wives respond to that leadership. Uh, when men lead, when they initiate, when they take responsibility for their actions, when they treat their wife as special, when they sacrifice for her, it becomes much easier for a wife to submit to that kind of leadership um, with heartfelt respect and submission um, we treat our wives as our brother and sister, in, or as our sister in Christ, that we're trying to lift up and help strengthen their walk. Uh, we never treat them as as a floor mat. Uh, and then it says in verse thirty-one: For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and unite and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So here we see yet again. This goes all the way back to Genesis but also was reiterated by Jesus himself. So we have all, multiple examples of the definition of marriage in God's eyes is one man and one woman. Uh, God's best is one man and one woman for life. Now, does divorce happen? Yes. Um, it's not God's best. Now, it doesn't mean God cannot bless a second marriage and things like that, but just realize that it says that um, they're united together, a husband uh so we, we see a couple things. First of all, that the relationship between a husband and wife takes precedence over a relationship between uh, parents and a child as they're becoming adults because God puts them together. And I love the analogy of two pieces of paper getting glued together. Can those pieces of paper come, come apart again? Yeah, probably yes, but can you do it without causing damage? No. And can you do it without changing what they were before they were put together? No, they're going to be different. 
And so that's where it is. And, and I'll say this really quick. In Malachi 3, the Bible says that God hates divorce because it covers with violence. God does not hate divorced people. He hates divorce because of the effect it has. It hurts people, and God loves people. So don't, if you have been divorced and remarried, don't let that be a source of condemnation for the rest of your life. Let God work in this situation wherever you're at and start, do, again, walking in love, walking in light, and walking in wisdom from where you're at now, and God will lead you to where you need to go. We don't live in condemnation. All right. So when it says... Uh, the, uh, verse 32, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So now we, it circles right back to, this is about our walk and our relationship with God. This is about when, a, when, the, when the lost, when the world sees a man and a woman really living for God and really loving each other the way God's called us, and they're following the blueprint of the Creator, and they see the order of, and the love and the harmony that comes from that, that should make the people seeing that in the world see that there's something different that they can't get on their own. And they go, we know what the world does when it gets its hands on something that God designs. Oh, marriage, we'll make it what we want to make it. Oh, we don't even need it. Oh, family, we'll make it what we want to make it. And we'll, and we'll start defining what this is and that. Gender even has start to define what that is, and it just creates disharmony, disunity. It creates division, and it creates destruction. When we see, uh, starting with a husband and a wife, loving each other and serving each other and as they're serving God, it really has a strong and powerful impact on how the world looks at God. And we go back to John 17. How does the world know that we that Jesus is real and that we're disciples of Him? Is because of the love we have for for each other. That includes the love of a husband and wife that are both Christians and serving each other as they serve God. So don't downplay that. And then the um, I'm going to actually we're going to stop there because on verse 33, the last verse of chapter five, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that before we move to chapter 6. So we're going to stop there today and pick up uh, tomorrow on Ephesians and a month of lunches. Have a great day.